All right, we are in the studio corner with Satellite City, half of Satellite City, the faces of Satellite City. What's that, up, guys? Correct. How's it going, man? <laughs> Thanks for having us, dude. So, Sean, how do you say your last name? Sulahian. One more time. Sulahian. Sulahian. For non-Armenians. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I'm Armenian. I know a lot of Armenians. That's a difficult last name. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Gavorkian. We have the same last name. There you yes, go. we do. I have a G in mind. That's a common last name. Yeah, it's like the last name. Kidding, my name is Haig Gavorkian. That's like the most Armenian <laughs> name in the freaking world. People look at me like, oh my goodness, Haig, what is that? I'm like, it's like Mike in Armenia, right? <laughs> Everybody and their cousin is named Haig. Yep. John. So, before we dive into it, I need to hear the story. I need to hear the story of how you choked on a pill. Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to ask waiting. you. I know, I was going to ask you what you got here, but I was like, I really want that to be the beginning of this. I want to know. I want to be just as surprised as everyone else. We were walking in here. He's waiting. So taking antibiotics for bronchitis which turns out I don't even have bronchitis today god damn it um, so basically how unfortunate I, right <laughs> had a phobia of taking pills since I was a kid because I did choke on one when I was a kid too and that's oh, why so I this, is, this is a common thing yeah yeah <laughs> so I cut this fat ass pill in half the other day and Anna's like don't cut it in half the edges are sharp it's gonna fuck you up I feel like it's harder to take when you cut it. Yeah, because you could feel it go down the... They yeah. make it round for a reason. Jesus Christ. I should have listened, man. So it went like right in the middle of my throat. It went it went low enough where I could take a breath. So I, I was breathing, but it didn't go low enough where I could swallow. So every time I swallowed, I started gagging. I'm like, fucking call 911. My dad calls 911. End up in the hospital. It well, drugged me up, and they gave me a muscle relaxant, which opened up my esophagus, and the goddamn pill just went down 15 minutes later, and I was alive. Jesus. What a shit show. It was a shit show for sure, man. Scariest, scariest So this all happened life. because you wanted to cut the pill in half because you wanted to take it half? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm not doing I feel like there's again. some sort of philosophy and deep meaning behind this that we could pull from, but I'm not quite getting it yet. Hey, man. I'm, I'm just going to crush the shit out of the pill from now on. I think that'll it's, it's save me Don't overcomplicate things. <laughs> that's my life, though, man. I, I well, you're, you're, you guys are both singers. I mean, that's... Yep, she's basically the lead singer. I'm kind of like, Anna, do you need me to sing here? And, and, <laughs> sure, fine. Well, you can't do that if you're choking on pills. Right, dude. <laughs> not going to work. Okay, they did that in the 60s, 70s, 80s, but that's old news now. <laughs> they were good at it. We're not that good. It was, we, we was more like, than one. It's not evolution for rockers. We, like, went the other way. Right. Like, back then, those guys could do anything and survive somehow and still play shows night after night. We stub our toe, and it's like, hold on. Cancel <laughs> right? for a month. We got, you know, we got to take care dude, of this. Dude, 100%. <laughs> I mean, in that regard, I'm totally a grandpa. Like, I'm, I don't want to speak for Adam, but I'm, I'm 100% a grandpa. Well, Anna, I, you're I, a I'm drummer. Reason. You're, like, it's in your nature to be somewhat, a little bit more hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> no? What's, what's your... Yeah, what was that face? I definitely party harder than him, if that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Fucking animals party harder than I do. Yeah, that's true. So, Satellite City, um, where does the name come from? The name comes from... It was... I was, like, driving, and I was trying to figure out band names for us, and we were, like, going back and forth on names, and, um... I think I was listening to a metric song called Satellite Minds and I was like thinking about that whole like the concept of like people communicating with like their satellite minds nice. and I was like that's cool like a world where people talk like that and it's like a concept that me and my mom always talk about for some reason like it's like just something there's a word for we, that Bio-dashed. 
that's that's the Armenian word. Like, what does that mean? It's like when you're talking to someone like with your mind, like, and then you sense that that person's talking to you. So you like pick up the phone and call them, like when like that your happens. ears are burning. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah. Okay. So All like, right. I I just like that idea of like, like telepathy and like our band having to do with that. So we named it around like a city that where people can talk that way. I like yes. it. Yeah. It vibes really well. Like I I was listening to your music. I was like, yeah, this is like you see, you listen to a lot of bands after you hear their names and you're like, I did not expect that. You know, your your name definitely goes with your sound. I don't know why, but it's just, it felt right. It felt good. Thank you, Dug the sound, by the way. I dig the sound, really. Thank you. It's not Thank like you. you guys retired. <laughs> um, so was there an original vision for the band when you guys said, was it just the two of you when you started? Yeah. yeah. So the original vision, did it have anything to do with what's going on now? Yeah. Well, we started off as an acoustic act, um, playing smaller acoustic shows here and there, um, more like singer-songwriter kind of tunes. And then we realized, we realized those songs that they can kind of be transferred into like drums, a full kit and an electric guitar. And mm. why don't we give it a shot, you know? Um, and then kind of convinced Anna to try the drumming and singing. Yeah. And I had been, I've been drumming longer than I've been singing. So it was, it was just like something that I never thought of like combining the two. So you weren't, the, you weren't drumming in the first place. You guys were just like an acoustic well, guitar we and vocals. Doing acoustic, I was playing cajon. Okay. So right. it was like, Percussion, kind of. you know. Yeah, percussion. Okay. Um, but yeah, and then when we switched it over, we we made the record like Sean plays like bass and everything on the EP that we have out, and so we were like, we still want that like full sound that we have on the record. Yeah. Even though it was just us two on it, we were like, we can like probably get that by getting some guys to come up with us on yeah, stage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had this crazy idea like, should we add members or not? And then we're like, all right, let's be a little different. Let's add members. How'd you go about getting members? Like, did you Craigslist it? Did you? Um, just mutual friends that I knew. Some I don't want to reveal everything because people don't know who they are. Yeah, let's let's keep so, that mystery. Yeah. Um, but just people we've we've known for a while. Some some of them and other members. You know, the whole idea was to alternate members uh, if need oh, be. Oh, that's genius! I didn't even think about right. that. So you know, no egos, nothing crazy. It's just me and Anna the whole time writing all the material Dude, and just nice. for the live show you know we have two of our friends and um yeah they, they do a great job we're lucky to have them and, and it kind of kind of adds this aesthetic for our live shows so people listening that uh don't know anything about satellite city yet uh the other two members have space helmets on is that what they are yeah, yeah like astronaut helmets yeah but They're like dark space walkers space walkers <laughs> yeah. so you could literally interchange those people your whole career right, yeah. right. you guys are geniuses <laughs> it's efficient it's like let's just put the drama out of this without anyone realizing what's going on here. Right. right for sure so you're the lead vocalist yes. so when you guys decided to make the whole band and you decided to go drums so there wasn't really a question of you being lead vocal still so it wasn't like a, like you guys did that for a specific reason it was just because you were the singer yeah it was like I guess it was I mean like me being the vocalist was the first thing and then it was like are you would you be able to play drums too like yeah you pull that off so kind of light bulb just hit like ooh, has that happened like we discussed 
doing it where we had a, a drummer come in and like play, but sorry, I'm like congested right it's now. Too. It's that time it's of year. Small. It's that time of year. Yeah, I got to say. But, we, yeah. we, we had a few drummers audition, but it just didn't feel right. Wasn't right, yeah. Yeah, no. I forgot that we did that. Yeah. We did have like drummers audition, and we were like, oh, no, this is not going to happen. I'm like, Anna, let's just run with the idea of you drumming and singing. Like, give it a shot. You know, I'm sure it can work. I don't know a lot of female drummer vocalists that, that do that in the in the mainstream. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah. You know, we've talked about it. We've We've tried to find videos and stuff <laughs> and um and yeah we thought it was a gen- genuine original idea so why not why not give it a shot yeah i dig it i mean it sounds incredible on the record it sounds you wouldn't you would never guess um so does that limit the possibilities of the type of songs you guys can write does that limit like you know because you're playing drums and singing like you're going on stage can you certain songs you can't go for a certain uh sound you can't sing a certain way because you still have to play drums does it limit you Honestly, I haven't really, like, felt that yet, but I think, like, definitely, like, the new songs that we wrote, I'm challenging myself more with the vocals and, like, the drums as well, because I feel more confident, like, doing both. Like, the first EP was kind of us just getting used to, like, doing it, Yeah. and I feel like we wrote, like, a little bit more mellower vocals. Kind of mid-tempo songs. And... I don't know if, which song you heard, but, like, the newer one, like, I'm going, like, all in with the vocals because, like, I feel like I grew and I, I feel more confident where I can sing, like, a little bit heavier. Yeah. Um, but definitely, like, I'll write my drum parts around the vocals, like, naturally. Okay. But I, I, I haven't, like, seen it as, like, a... The coordination kind of yeah. just built itself then. Kind of, Yeah. I, I do feel like if I was just drumming or I was just singing, I might do things differently, but I feel like naturally, like now when we write music and we put the drums on it, I'm like naturally like writing my drums around my vocals, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. It's like a acoustic player singing. You know? Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um, so... You're a drummer, you're a singer. I listen to the tracks, and I've only seen... This is the first time I'm meeting you, Anna. Um, I've ran into Sean at a few concerts. <laughs> um, I would have never, ever in a million years guessed that you're the girl singing on that track. Dude, you got out of the car, I was like, what? Where is all that voice coming from? Where's all those drums coming from? Like, damn. It's just, it's so unexpected. I was, I was like, this is great. This is phenomenal. Just spectacular. Yeah, Hiding in the back, just, you know, going at it. So speaking of being in the back, so you guys do a lot of live shows. I mean, from what I've been following and seeing you guys play more live shows than most bands can even consider getting. Really? <laughs> I think we kind of average like one one LA show a month. Um, we did a we did kind of a West Coast run last summer, uh, and now we're just hitting LA trying to play these strategic Los Angeles shows. Well, see, that's the thing. You guys are playing big gigs, though. It's not just like you know playing these small little shows. I've played small shows. I'm an acoustic guitar player that sings. I've played all the shitty bars. Yeah. You know, you guys. Every time you post, I'm like, damn, they're playing that place. They're playing that place. So, <laughs> it's uh, it's not small crowds, I imagine. And your lead singer sitting in the back playing drums. Uh, what kind of what kind of things you deal with with interacting with the audience? Because I mean, I've been to a thousand shows. The lead singer is who you're looking at probably like ninety percent of the time. You know, you guys have your lead singer in the background. You're up front uh, playing the guitars. What's the interaction like? How does that change? So I think what we try to do is have Anna sometimes um, set up her kit in the front. Really? Um, yeah. Instead mo- of in the back. Most venues. Depends on the venue. If it's like our night and we're setting it up, 
most venues are chill about it. Like some venues are like, no, you got to be in the back. So you bring it to the front of the stage. Yeah, Yeah. we'll we'll do that where I'm like in the front and we're kind of side by side in the front. Are you like on an angle so like we can see the side of you while you're playing? Yeah, we're like kind of like angled towards each other. Okay, right on. It's kind of a different setup. I think that grabs people's attention already. Yeah, for sure. Drummer right up front. That's rock and roll right there. (laughs) Once the astronauts come in, everyone's like totally mind fucking blown. Yeah. What's going on here, you know? Yeah. Um, So. We have talked about like having me come off the drums maybe for a track or two. We might do that soon. And bring someone in for the drums? Possibly. Just for a track. Just for a track. track. Let's see what happens. Seems like there's something else behind that. <laughs> <laughs> you guys both gave me the same look when you said that. Might be a spacewalker on drums, not sure. <laughs> a third one, huh? Oh, yeah, maybe. Where are you guys getting those helmets? Um. <laughs> I'm like, no, really, like, I don't know. Where would you even begin to start looking for an astronaut helmet? Dude, they're I out there, man. NASA Connect, so, you know. Oh, yeah? Elon Musk on, on butt dialer. Um, but- <laughs> Actually, this is our, our second... Um, pair of astronaut suits we upgraded the suits from white to black <laughs> i noticed that the black yeah. ones are definitely definitely cooler i think so i think so. naturally i mean it's heavier music i don't know I, didn't, I don't know if the white and the white and the metal or hard rock kind of fit with each other you <laughs> i know? think it fit I, the idea was like to kind of change the look for every record or whatever yeah. that we release so but the consistency of like the whole spacewalker thing yeah exactly um so shant you're not the lead singer um, you got so, so the gigs that you can't bring your drums to the front you're obviously in the front you're the one interacting with the audience a lot more what's your role? honestly man um, I think it's just energy on stage I think sh- showing that you're into what you're doing currently at the moment makes the audience resonate with that and if you're just kind of stagnant no one's going to give a shit you know, so are you talking to the crowd in between songs or you guys stay away from talking? No, sometimes we try as much as we can, you know? Yeah. And I think that... He, he talks more than me because I'm usually out of breath in, in between songs. But Just gives like a, a little, little bit of humor, you know? Just kind of loosen up the crowd and <laughs> make them vibe with it because everyone's uptight in LA, even the crowds, you know? Yeah, people walk into a club, see a band they've never seen, they're just already thinking of everything that could be possibly wrong with you. Right, right. And you show up with spacesuits and a, oh, they're, they're a drummer looking, up front. They're giving us that dead eye. Like, like, what they the better fuck? be fucking good. No, yeah, what is all this not. nonsense? <laughs> exactly, exactly. You guys freaking pull it off, though. It's it's uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, like you're talking about out of breath. Uh, your vocals aren't like easy stuff. You're like, you're singing. Your long notes, you know, good. I was like... Fuck, I can't even, like, run and speak a clear <laughs> sentence. You're fucking playing drums and singing these beautiful notes. I'm like, Jesus, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> like, I run, out of, I run out of breath from hitting my guitar too hard against my body when I'm playing. Like, oh, don't knock my breath out, you know? It's ridiculous. So, your image, uh, your whole brand, does it tie in with your type of music? Like, what you're singing about? Is there a message that ties in with it? Or is it just kind of what you are and you guys sing about anything? I think... Definitely in the upcoming tracks. Um, I don't know if we should give that a reveal now. I mean, we can. We can. We, I mean, we play it live all the time. Right. We, we have one track that's, that's like, very sci-fi kind of. Right. So it's, it's called Spacewalker, um, and it should be released this year, we hope. We're hoping. Should we, should we talk about it? Yeah, yeah, we can get into it. So, so what we're doing now... <laughs> Do it. Talk about what you can and can't talk about. We can cool. talk I'm about. all ears. 
Um, so right now we're working on a comic. It's a completely original story that me and Anna have been working on for the past year. Um, it's going to be a hopefully a, a three-part series. Um, it's called Spacewalker. It's, it's basically we got the idea from Anna's lyrics that she wrote on the song that's um, going to be released later. And we kind of built this whole idea around it. And we literally just created like this nerdy sci-fi world. Rock and roll. Nerdy. <laughs> you kidding? I play nerdy. Dungeons and Dragons like once a week. So don't even get me started. I play the shit out of that game. You got to explain it to us because we don't we don't know what it is. I play I, pl- I played it a few times, and then me and my buddy. Well, my buddy came up rewrote in his own game. So we play our version of our, we do a role playing game. Let's just call it that for now. That's amazing. We role play once a week. I'm in it, dude. I mean, next week we can come over and play some D and D. Hell yeah! Are you kidding? My character's name is Calcunta. He's a flying demon. All right. Very proud of that. That's right. <laughs> anyway, please continue with Spacewalker right. the comet. <laughs> um. So, basically, we're we're working on the script for the first comic right now. We have like the outline written and um, hoping to release it by the end of the year, and why we brought this up is I think the concept was basically written for this comic, you know? Yeah. And that didn't come... Well, no, the song was written first. The song was written yeah, first, yeah. and then we just came up with this idea to build on this comic. And, um, yeah, we're excited yeah, about that, it. Yeah, that's, like, probably our most sci-fi, or, like, it's it's the most, like relatable to the band name I guess or like okay. the aesthetic we're not really working on a concept album it's just like this one song one off song and seeing how it goes and seeing if the you know so the comic book it comic. almost sounds like it's becoming like the quote unquote music video for the song in kind a sense of. like the artistic other artistic expression of I it I could definitely see that yeah so yeah. is it like uh, you guys going to release different times or is it releasing with a single? I mean, how do you how does a band go about making a comic? <laughs> yeah, this is even new to us, man. You know, we're learning <laughs> as we go about it. I think we want to release it at the same time, which would be in the winter of this year. If all I wouldn't well. announce a date yet, but I mean, that's the goal. We'll, we'll see what, So I'm really curious, though, takes. about that because records, I mean, no one releases CDs anymore. No one releases really, you know, hands-on tangible stuff. It's all streaming. How are you going to release a comic book? Is it going to be like a digital thing you download with the single or is it a, you know, actual book? Um, we'll probably have both, but I think we would have the book and then we would have like something where you can scan it and like get the single on your phone. Oh, that's genius. Probably. I think so. <laughs> whole idea was to, you know, sell us at our shows and get people interested. And A new type of merchandise. Exactly. You guys are, like, innovating on another level when it comes to, like, <laughs> what people see and experience when they go to a show. This is <laughs> so cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, um, I was really excited to bring you guys on because I'm like, you know, I've talked to a lot of bands. I've been, a lot of people have reached out to me saying, oh, I think my band would be great. My band would be great. And it's like, I'm sure they'll all be great, but, like, what 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 are we what are we gonna bring to the table here? Right. I looked at you guys. I was like, Jesus, there's just a million <laughs> different things. Like, and they sound good. Thank you, man. I appreciate Freaking that. comic book. Yeah, I think if I went to a concert and I saw the band selling comic books next to their like legitimate comic books next to their t-shirts, I'd probably buy a comic book. Awesome. That's I'd good be to like, know. I gotta support this band. That's good to know. Cool. They got I a mean, freaking comic book. Again, you know, we're we're learning as as we come up with these ideas. So, so that gives us hope. So I read in the little email you sent me someone from DC Comics. What is that yeah. about? Are you allowed so, to talk about that? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, his name is Jim Higgins. He's been kind of guiding us through it all. Um, he's he's a- like editing the comic for us. So he's and he teaches comics classes and stuff. In Galeno, so. 
Not just Glendale. He teaches Armenian. And Glendale. He had to bring the Armenian. (laughs) He's not Armenian. I can take him on. Glendale. It's actually Jim Higginsian because he's Armenian. Higginsian. There's definitely a Y A N. Yeah. It's from Hyasnas. That's why it's the Y A N and not the I A N. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All the Armenian listeners will get get that one. They'll probably be like, oh! Not our means like, shut the fuck up. Like, what what's is this guy on? talking about? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so, how is he involved with DC Comics? He's. Just, um, he, I think he worked with them for years and now he's like just freelancing. Right. I think he was a writer and editor with DC. Damn. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And yeah, now he's freelancing, he's teaching, and he's working on a bunch of different projects. How'd you guys get a hold of him? I found him. You found him? <laughs> I, I found the company that he works for who. It was a bunch of editors, and I was looking specifically for someone who works with like graphic novels and comics, and they recommended him to me. So it's like, yeah, it's been, it's <laughs> hell yeah. Pretty, he's been super helpful ever since. You know, he seems too smooth, <laughs> right? Something sketchy. That's what we thought. No, we we hit up a bunch of editors until we found the right one. So he seemed like a good fit, for sure. How much time do you guys spend like working on band stuff a day? I mean, you guys do so much. I mean, freaking comic books, reaching out to DC comic writers and editors. Because I always just stumbled across. I'm like, you don't just stumble across. Like, you have to be, like, on this 24-7. <laughs> we just stumbled on Jim. Um, honestly, man, I, I always tell him it's a 9-to-5 without getting paid. And it's what it's been for the past year and a half, at least for both of us. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak for Anna here because we, we both work <laughs> yeah. hard on this. Really. Yeah, clearly. Jesus. But it's fun. It's our, it's our passion. We dig it. And... Uh, it's we, like we give it 110 percent, man. Eat, sleep, band. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes no sleep, more band. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, it's you know, aside from the band stuff, now it's it's writing and creating. Um, I don't want to say like, like, a novel, but yeah, it's like writing and creating a graphic novel, and it's totally different than music, and totally different than the music industry. And oh this yeah. This guy is teaching us the industry of graphic novels, which is the whole new world, and understanding that. And, and the audience of who reads graphic novels and <laughs> it's just so different those are some scary people <laughs> I'm, I'm scared you're scared why are you scared <laughs> of them they're judgy man they're judgy <laughs> well I mean wouldn't, I feel like anybody that is very deep into something they love they're gonna judge something if it's not good enough I mean yeah, yeah. Well I mean you're, you're a great guitar player how many times have you seen someone talk about how good they are at guitar and they're just shit and you're like dude get out of here right, right. it's that like oh sense. that guy's an asshole no he just he's knows what he's doing that's yeah. what he's talking about yeah. I, I mean you guys are bridging some gaps I didn't even think were bridgeable or no one even <laughs> thinks about bridgeable that's a new word bridgeable uh, so an image how important do you guys think I mean outside of your experience outside of your band for any musical artist how important is the image for the music I think sometimes sometimes it's more important than the music you know um my, I don't know about really? that. That's my opinion. Well, sometimes, tell me these sometimes where it is important. Well, as I grew up, I used to think songwriting is number 100% all the time. But in my experience, I just, I, I don't think that's the case anymore in today's music industry. Maybe more important for the industry. I, I can right. see that because you'll see like people going forward or like growing their fan base just based off of this image that they're putting out. Like, obviously, you need some sort of talent to back it up, but... As an artist, it's 
it's still number one to have good songs, obviously. But if you want to have a career and succeed in the music industry, I think the image is as essential, hundred percent. And this, even if the image isn't yourself, um, I think that's fine. If you know you are a different person on stage, you know you turn into another person. So why not go all out? Why not? do something different see from my perspective i think it's taken the opposite direction really i think it's because because we have so much access like social media like twitter and Mm -hmm. instagram like we can access our favorite people so so intimately so genuinely that i feel like it's become too easy to see images when they're not the person for real right like you guys are doing something different like your band you step on stage you got an outfit like everyone you can have you can have a stage outfit you can have that's different but like to present yourself as something else Right, right, and right. fake it almost. Like, no, I feel like that's yeah, that's yeah. like not being genuine. I, I think I think more yeah, it's well, more see, that's about the thing, yeah. be, being genuine, especially you know when you interact with the crowd. That that's when you need to be yourself. But if you're presenting on a show, and more like you know theatrical and costume. So on an entertainment level, the image exactly, is important. I agree exactly. with that absolutely. Yep. And it means it doesn't have to be something extravagant. I think I think your image still has to be genuine. Like you have to care about what you're doing. Like 100%. you have to be into it. Definitely. You can't just like I, I remember when I was like 16 or I think it was now 17 or 18. I sat down with these agents and I played a showcase. And uh, afterwards, we sat at dinner and they talked to me for like two hours. I didn't say a word. They didn't talk about the music once, but multiple times they talked about how I need to grow my hair out and I need to, you know, start saying these things and acting like this. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Like, and they're like, you need an image, you need a brand, you need this and yeah. that. And I was like, that just blew my mind because I'm like, I understand what they're getting at. Like, they right. think that they can make something that's going to sell, right. but I felt like it was so focused on the idea of looking a certain way rather and not even saying anything about the music that in today's world that just doesn't work like you can have an image but it has to be your image 100 percent um but i mean i i definitely see where you're coming from with uh how important it is i don't think i could ever say that image is more important than the music though right i don't think i have that in me i do you think that it's more important? I don't know. No, I didn't or say do you more think important. that it's more important to the industry? I think it's definitely more important for the industry and for an artist to go forward in their career. Um, I think obviously songs are number one, but I just building that brand, I feel like industry still wants it until today. When you say industry, are you referring to record labels and people signing you? Management, or record labels. What about an independent artist that's successful? Do they need a, an image well, just as extravagant? I feel like the the audience wants that they mm. want something to like interact with whether it's like Fashion. i'm following like i there's this one artist i can't remember her name but she she looks like a doll like that's Oof. like her thing Damn. you know and like everyone loves her i listened to the music and i was like it's not really music it's almost like electronic noises okay and but like she has that image and she has like a huge fan base and it's just based around it's being like obsessed with the way she is like just her presence her personality the whole like image that she's putting out there Mm -hmm. i don't personally like it but like there i feel like the audience wants something like that where they can connect to it's it. definitely a mainstream audience too i don't think know? we yeah. think about that though when we're doing <laughs> when we're doing well, no, stuff. Not our goal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just for us it's like whatever's natural and and we have the astronauts but it wasn't really like to to like create an image it was just kind of like we need a way to 
make them anonymous. A, a good mix between, you know, some fun entertainment and some fun theatrics with also being genuine on stage. I think that's Oh yeah, I'm all about entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'm all that's rule number one, you gotta entertain. Absolutely. But like this this uh artist you're following, <clears throat> electronic <laughs> noises and looks like a doll, you know, she has a huge following yeah. and you're not a huge fan of her music. I think I guess what I'm hearing is the image is crucial if you want a fan base for numbers, but a genuine connection of people that are listening to what you're trying to put out, of people that care about what you're doing, that are going to follow you because they believe in what you're doing. Right. I don't think that's going to come from an image. 100%. I think success, like you're talking about in the industry, career-wise, definitely with like labels or you know management companies, all the things you, were, you said as well. I think yeah, they're they're definitely looking for a brand and an image because you need that. You need the numbers. In order to get numbers, people have to be able to scroll within a millisecond. Be intrigued and enticed and you know stimulated and press like or you know buy your album or whatever it is but there's such a huge audience that's not listening to this stuff that that'll work yep. but as for you guys as artists as you know songwriters I mean you guys both write you know it's not it's not like surface level stuff it's very you know it's deeper stuff it's great sound there's a lot of time and work put into your music it's very clear when you listen to it um, it's I, I just I don't think that people would jump on the image faster than jumping on your music, if that makes sense. I, I hope you're right, genuinely. I, I hope the, the songs and the music come first. I, I yeah. wish, and I, I, fingers crossed, it's like... <laughs> no, you guys yeah. have great music. I mean, I was, I was, I mean, you saw that video I posted. I, I got one of those guitar riffs. I was like, damn, this guy's freaking killing it. <laughs> Thank you, you know, man. it's great music, and the, and the image is great. Like, what you guys are doing, the entertainment, it's, it's an entertainment image yeah. but to to have an image that says I'm this person but in reality if you sat down and had a cup of coffee with me it'd be totally different Right? people right. don't want that yeah. at least yeah. I don't think so I don't want yeah. that 100% that frustrates me yeah. <laughs> especially when they're putting out crap music right yeah, yeah. I don't want that man you electronic that noises I mean I'm kind of curious what it is now I gotta find her I'll send I'll send you her Instagram account oh, I think I remember <laughs> what you're saying and I, it's already bugging me she, she like talks like a baby too. It's really oh, funny. God. <laughs> I, oh God! Is she wait? So she does she does she say she's a musician first, like an artist first? She puts on like she plays huge stadiums and stuff. What? Like, yeah. Who Dude, is this? Mind blown. Mind blown. I can't remember her she's name. Playing stadiums, dressed like a doll, talking like a baby, and I don't know oh, her name. Oh, it starts with a P. I just forgot the rest of the words. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll remember this. It's not Popeye. Psychopath. There's a P at the beginning of that, right? Hard P though. It's a hard P, isn't it? <laughs> I'm gonna get contacted by her now. You know, <laughs> like, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> her fans are gonna come after you. I, I, you know what? I invite that. I, I <laughs> totally right. accept. Like, you I should have her on the podcast. Too. It's like, it. yeah, who are okay. the fans of the baby woman, <laughs> and how how lethal <laughs> can <woman>. they be? <laughs> uh, so, your gigs, um, Troubadour, Roxy, Whiskey. I mean, you guys are playing all the freaking Hollywood. I mean, I, I haven't I, played whiskey. I haven't played whiskey yet. But you played the bigger, you know, some of the big Hollywood, uh, Hollywood spots. You know, you've conquered uh, to a certain extent the Hollywood gig. Sure. Um, I mean, I've, I'm an artist myself. I know lots of bands. Everyone's trying to get those gigs because it's on the Sunset Strip or it's in Hollywood, and it's where all the big bands started playing. And it's still so impossible to get those gigs. It really is. Like you, even if you got in touch with someone, it's like you've sell this many tickets, and no one has that fan base. You know, right, right. it's 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 incredibly hard. But you guys do it. I mean, maybe it's just because it's the image you're putting out, but you guys do it with ease, it seems. Um, how are you doing it so consistently? How are you bringing those crowds? How are you guys getting those gigs and no one else is? Um, regarding Roxy <laughs> and Troubadour, 
Regarding specifically Roxy and Troubadour, um, sometimes um, I book bands there. Um, okay. And I put up shows there. Um, so you promote then? I, I've, I'm a freelance talent buyer for Troubadour and Roxy. Nice. So that, that helps when we need to play it. Fuck yeah. Um, for sure. How do you even get that gig? <laughs> like, don't they have those people? They do. They have talent buyers, but on, an, like, let's say Coachella weekend, no one's fucking, no one wants to play those venues. They'll be like, Sean, you know, trying to figure it out. <laughs> and, and he'll book like more local acts yeah. whereas the venue will book like the bigger people that Coming play through. yeah right so nice. he, he puts on the local shows where it's you don't need a huge fan base it's just like you each band should have a decent fan base and then decent all enough, of man. all of the bands collectively will bring in you yeah know, enough where the venue's happy what's the average ticket sales uh number like 50 tickets um it, it depends on the time slot man and and i don't think and with my deals, I, I partner up with my friend called Knoop. He is the lead singer of Visa. And um, we do specific deals, and we don't really require bands to sell the tickets. We just give them tickets, and if they sell it, it's awesome. If not, they don't have to pay out of pocket. What? It's, it's nothing like... But it, it's kind of like an agreed shit. thing where if you're saying that you can you bring can out probably. this many yeah. people... And all right, we trust you, but you know... Have you, been, have you ever been like, screwed over on that? Some, oh, hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. 100. Come on now. And and that's why we learn. And and I had a guy tell me, 100%, bro, 60 heads. 100%, 10 o'clock. I'm like, sweet. I trust you, man. You know, we had a conversation. It was cool. Two people showed up. What? I was like, all right, you fucked me, man. <laughs> do you do you get screwed over from that? Not from just me. I get screwed over. They get screwed over because they don't get paid, obviously. The venue gets screwed over, and it's just hurting so many parties collectively. And Does the venue give you fun. heat for that? Um, Yeah, they can. They haven't yet, but they totally can. Damn, dude. Yeah. So uh, do you have, like, a little, like, list of bands that are good? <laughs> Blacklisted. Like, yeah, like, yep. you know, blacklisted <laughs> bands, like, good-to-go bands. They don't know, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredible. So did you? how did you even get that gig? Did you approach the club and say, hey, I can get you bands? Or, I mean, how did... How does that even so, start? All right, if we get into crazy detail. <laughs> no, I really want to know because sure. I think this is something that people like, I mean, I can't tell you how many bands I've talked to or just musicians, artists yeah. that talk about the Hollywood, you know, 100%. the Hollywood uh, chain of gigs. Yeah. And they're like, I don't even know where to begin. Well, th- well, there's a few on, on Sunset Strip. I don't know if I should name them, but we just stay away from playing that club. We just stay away <laughs> from... Is the Viper Room one of them? No. Okay. Not really. We <laughs> actually had a good experience bad. with them. I love the Viper Room, but I've heard terrible stories. Really? You, yeah. You can put two and two together if I'm saying it's not the Viper Room or the Roxy. <laughs> but, or Troubadour. Or Troubadour. Um, There's like, maybe <laughs> There's like, like <laughs> one other venue left. You know, that one on the corner <laughs> No there. one's going to that one. It's all right. <laughs> See, with those deals on the unspoken venue, they they make you sell those tickets. And if you don't, you pay out of pocket, which I think is... It's still ridiculous. And, and, oh, it, I, I did gigs like that. They still do that shit. Of course. I grew up like that. Yeah. And it's frustrating, man. You can't get your... I don't know. You, you can't go get broke. your foot in the door like that. You got, yeah, you go broke. It's ridiculous. Um, but how I got this gig was... Canoop has had a relationship with these venues for quite some time. And um, he's the lead singer of Visa. And okay. I used to play in a metal band with him. Nice. For a year, year and a half. And... Yeah, we're still really good friends, so we teamed up on these shows, and still going. So he kind of already had the the in or whatever. And right, right. Yeah, and he I, was doing it for a while. He's been like, doing it for a while, for sure. He had partners and stuff back in the day, probably, right? Yeah. There's like a, a couple promoters in L.A. that 
are like pretty known. But to be honest, what's what's popping in Los Angeles right now is the east side of LA, LA's music scene. The east side is just consistently active. Highland Park, Echo Park. There's always like Silver Lake. Silver Lake. Yeah, There's Silver always Lake's activity. Crazy right always now. on the street. Just I'm not saying even at the venues. Like on the streets, just on a week night, a week day, just flooded. You know, flooded with with people our age. You know, kids in their twenties or even thirties, and just I love the vibe there, and I think the the music scene is totally totally building, and kind of like how it was in in the eighties and nineties on the Sunset Strip is kind of moving towards that in East LA. Really? I think so. That's very, very valuable information. Yeah. Everyone listen to that one. <laughs> so when you say it's a, it's like a surge of new music, is it different types or is it kind of a, is there like a type of music that's coming out of there? It's definitely not metal and that's something I've noticed. M- metal is not really... <laughs> metal I mean, will not metal die. You cannot, no, no, you can't kill the metal. <laughs> listen to Tenacious D song, 100%. The Metal. That is the most true fucking poetry I've ever heard. No killing metal, dude. You can't kill There's him. no way. It's, that's my favorite genre of music, by the way. <laughs> metal and country. I'm not a huge but, fan of country, but you can't kill those right, genres. It's, not, it's a cockroach, dude. Yeah. It's not fucking cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the type of music anyway, coming out of there. I'm really curious. Um, I would say anything from singer-songwriter to like alt-rock... Um, right, Anna? Yeah. It's a little bit of everything, I would yeah. say. But I think what he's talking about, like, kind of like the new, like, music scene, he's talking about, like, the community there that they're forming. I feel like I can't talk. I'm so You're congested. Good. Sorry. I don't normally sound like this. <laughs> but yeah, bad. he's talking about, like, the community that they have there. I feel like all the bands support each other and. You know, like everyone comes out to shows and wow. it's like a family that they're kind of building where I feel like the Sunset Strip, it's it's really like you, the people that walk around there like aren't just going to walk into a venue to check it out. You oh, know? definitely not. That's not I used thing. to do that in high school. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. thought I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, that doesn't happen like that anymore. No. Yeah, and I feel like it happens more like people will be like walking by the satellite like, oh. You want to just go see who's playing tonight, and they'll just like walk in and that's check a trippy it out. venue. Yeah, yeah, it's a I love venue. that place. Yeah, it's that's in Silver Lake, right? Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I I only know the satellite and a handful of other venues out there that really get shows. I mean, I haven't been down there in a while, but mm-hmm. I uh, I would have never guessed that these are the areas that music is coming out of. Right. I mean, you, you talked about us getting shows so easily, and that is not the case on the east side. You know. They're really, really picky. Really? Side. If you if you don't have a face-to-face connection or if you don't know someone, it's just much harder and challenging to get their attention. No matter how good you are, no matter yeah. if you have press, no, they don't care. So they're you, a club. You, they want you to know them personally. Which I guess is a, is a good, yeah. good side it's, of It's that. really about it like is. building relationships and not so much like making money. Like They don't want to make money off of the artists. They want to... like make sure the artist is good and also like a good person you know <laughs> they're bringing them into what they're about yeah, yeah. which has kind of died down in the whole sunset strip right yeah. do you think the music scene is totally dead out there I mean do you think it still has that kind of vibrant hey you can go to the Roxy and see some kick ass bands yeah I think sure. so I think so yeah it's still popping especially with Roxy and Troubadour those two they Troubadour have... gets real big acts too. Yeah. yeah, they're really good about that. I've seen some of my favorite bands at the Troubadour. Same. And it sounds like always amazing there. Like. Yeah, there's just a yeah. killer place. They're solid venues. Those two, they're not going anywhere. So if a band that's never played in Hollywood uh, wanted to play at the Troubadour, how would they even approach that? Um. Well, 
that could contact me and Canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're probably the only people that would book local bands, unless it's like a a bigger band that's like on tour or something. But is it the, the official talent buyers of those venues? They they don't really give local bands an opportunity unless you know they have management or an agent that talks on their behalf so I could just pretend to be my own agent you can it's work come up with a voice maybe I'll do a baby voice <laughs> seems to be working be with some girl. other people be that girl <laughs> <laughs> what was her name psychopath I need this name this is, this, is, this is a thing now should I text and find out yeah you should find out while we're doing this I'm really really curious it's like what Popeye or some shit Popeye. Oh, po- Poppy. 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 Is that's Poppy? that's her name. Yeah. Her. How have I never heard of this person? They're playing God stadiums. Damn. I think so. It's kind of freaky though. She she just looks freaky. I don't know. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Coming from the metalhead. Yeah. Right. That gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> the grandpa metalhead. The grandpa metalhead. Hey man, they're out there now. Oh, yeah. We are in an age of grandpa metalheads. Shit, are we old? I. uh I was watching an interview with James Hetfield, and he was talking. He was like, "One of my favorite parts about going uh, playing the shows is we'll go backstage and we'll meet a son, his dad, and his grandfather that have been Metallica fans their whole life." I'm like, "Shit, That's we live in that age. That's like metal happened, and now we have the metal grandpas." Wow. There's a guy that goes to my gym. He's got to be in his 70s, and every single day he wears a different Slipknot shirt. What? I'm just like, who is this guy? He's about to keel over, and he's fucking walking around in Slipknot shirts. Like that blows my mind. You have it up? Yep. What is? Let me see this. Here she is. Oh my God. What the? What an fuck? alien, right? Hey, but you know what? Straight that's an image. Alien. That's a brand, I guess. Yep. I'm, I'm gonna have to listen to her music after this. This yeah. is. I'm Poppy, huh? Honestly, everybody, everybody, right, right now, if you're listening to the podcast, go look up I'm Poppy on Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. You can enjoy this ridiculousness <laughs> with me. Oh my God. Damn. I wonder what it'd be like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with her, <laughs> or you think she's juice out of a you know, sippy cup, <laughs> whatever she drinks. She's a different human on stage. You can say that. Well, see, there's that, but there's also like, I mean, Instagram and social media. Like, take John Mayer for example. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Right. Say what you will. I love John Mayer. John Mayer's great. Um, but I've always loved his take on social media because he's so – it's not that he's like on his phone 24-7 because a lot of these you know big celebrities are always on their phone posting what they're doing, this and that. But John Mayer is like so genuine on his Instagram talking about the weird shit that he does and playing his guitars, you know, talking about shows, talking – I mean just everything I'd want to hear from an artist on their personal level. Like there's so many artists, so many celebrities out there that are doing that, which is so great. I love that about social media. But then you stumble across something like I'm Poppy, like, yeah, that's your image. I can go to your show and like that's what's all over the billboards and this and that. But like social media, we want to come on and see a little bit more genuine. Like how do I know I can really believe you are a person that believes in what you're doing? Right. And that's – I mean this is my personal opinion. I know a lot of people have follow for a lot of reasons, but I need to be able to connect on a certain level. I need to be able to like, you know, the music itself has to stand alone. I have to be able to listen to your song and love it. That's a totally different story. But if we're going to bring the image and social media into it, it's like I have no interest in stuff that I can see anywhere else. Like if you're going to make a social media account that's outside your music, like what do you bring into the table? Who are you? You know, who are you behind these beautiful songs that you're writing? I'm a fan of yours. I want to get to know you. And uh, that's just me. Like I need that connect. I need that to connect. Right. And, I, and I definitely understand that that's not the most financially efficient way for a lot of people. But it's like, I feel like we've hit a point with social media. Like, that's what it's for, isn't it? I think so. I think so. 
I think with with artists like that, it, it also seems like short term. You know, there's nothing timeless about that. Yeah. And when you look at a metal band, and yeah, sure, they might not have an image like I Am Poppy, but, <laughs> but the music's gonna be timeless, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm not saying even like a huge band Who knows, like Metallica. Maybe she she like she just walks around like that at home, you know? Maybe that is her. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing. Maybe that is her. You know, I don't I, know anything I about. It I mean, is, you know, I've never even cool. listened to her music, right? Not, so I can't I, really I, say yeah. anything about it. She but have some psychological problem if that's really her. <laughs> But I mean, there's. Let's be honest. There's a lot of those. Or let's not. We won't even be freaked out if we find out that's the case. That's right. just the world we live right. in now. Hundred percent. But uh, I mean, I've never listened to her music. I don't know anything about her. I can't judge her on any level of that. But at the same time, it's like if I go on your Instagram and all I see is you in like latex outfits that are from a photo <laughs> shoot, like that's great. Like I'm glad that's what you're doing. That's what you're about. I have nothing against that. But this is just your photo shoot. This is like a, I can go on your website and look at photos. You know, something about social media and being able to interact with that person, you have to bring that to the table. There's nothing wrong with your image or your brand, but if that's all you are on a platform that was designed for you to connect with your fans, like on a deep level to respond right. to them, yeah. you know, to comment, to retweet, whatever the fuck it is, you know, that's, that's, I feel like not taking advantage of that is just kind of neglecting such a beautiful part of being successful. Right. You know, that's and, such a huge thing that... And being human. I don't want to get yeah. super sappy. <laughs> no, absolutely. Being human. But when you become successful and you that. get that following, like, yeah. to be able to connect like that, 100%. it's like a fucking superpower. Yeah. How would you not want that? Right. And you can actually say shit that matters and not, like, just bullshit, you know, yeah. however she markets herself. But you can actually make a difference with, with a following of that yeah. degree. You can talk about what you care about and people that, you know, people realize, hey, you know what? I care about that, too. And, you know, I think I'm more into this person who they are like, oh, maybe I, I, I always love like stumbling across one of the social medias or someone's talking about something or says a comment about a song that I listened to like 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, that song all of a sudden has a whole new meaning. Yeah. Cause I'm like, this person just told me straight up like what's going on. And it's all like a live feed. You know, right. it's not just like an interview on YouTube. Right. It's such a, it's such a, um, such a part of it that's not capitalized on a lot. 100%. So, <clears throat> sorry, I went on a little rant there about yeah. <laughs> how much I am a fan of certain things. Yeah. Anything BTS related and stuff like that. I love when artists do that, man. I love it. So what what uh, what type of relationships, speaking of this little connection thing we're on mm -hmm. right now, for you guys in your career as a band, what type of relationships are the most important? Is it the bookers? Is it the other bands? Obviously, your bandmates. Um, is it friends? I mean, what what is the most important part? Uh, the most important relationships to keep to keep your band together and successful. I think it's it's what Anna said a little while ago, which was building a community and being a part of a community and bands helping other bands and and that kind of do domino effecting on everyone's career, and that's what kind of creates this um, relationship with the LA music scene and I don't know I, I think just bands helping other bands goes such a long way you know and, and bands today I don't know if they realize that to the full extent absolutely it's, it's important to go out to shows and support other bands when you, you're not playing you know yeah it's really important actually just meeting people man meeting people that do what you're doing because both of you love it and, and sharing that connection that will in turn kind of affect your career too, I believe. It feels like there's a, a competitive streak coming from, honestly, you know, anybody that doesn't believe this, you need to fucking look in the mirror and face it. Insecurity. <laughs> yeah. 
especially in music with bands, you know, you work so hard on something that if you don't stand so strongly behind it and tell everyone else they're bad or, you know, make it seem like you're the greatest thing ever, then it's not going to work. Like that just, I run into that so much, you know, immediate judgment, competitiveness, you know, coming from, coming from purely insecurity, you know, and there, that support isn't there. Like you don't see that anymore. You know, I I need to go down to the East side because I haven't heard. I haven't seen any of this. I mean, oh, for sure, man. But it's it's, it's a whole new world. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's so it's so difficult to go to those gigs and like you're among like what five other bands playing that night. And no one wants to talk to you. Yeah. And you know they just like oh so what are you about? You know yeah. just condescending. I'm like dude we're doing the fucking same. We're doing something great here. You yeah. gotta play more shows with that are female fronted because I feel like <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> that might be just guys being that way with each other. Well, it's always the bands that obviously didn't practice are not very good at their instruments that do that shit. Yeah. And I'm like yeah. you know what man. I get it. <laughs> I feel like we're lucky enough where at least I haven't really stumbled upon a band like that. That's, really? That's treated us like that, you know? I feel like everyone's pretty friendly and supportive with each other. But I'm we also so happy like to hear this. we we usually like pick the lineups that we're on, so maybe that's what like we don't most of the time. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I still think it's the east side with the positivity. Um not saying we've had bad experiences in in the other sides of LA. No, but even when we play shows, like on Sunset, it's generally been decent and people respecting each other so far. I mean, growing up, I had what you were saying, you know, with the attitudes and this and that. Yeah, and it was just more common, I think. And maybe, maybe we're getting older and attitudes are changing. No one's down to bang on each other anymore. Everyone's just like, man, you give it a shot. Yeah. Hopefully, you can do better than I can. You know. Yeah. I could see that what you're saying though, like, def or maybe not so much bands, but like, like the older crowd if they come out to a show, like I could see them like being judgy and stuff like that. Like, Snorky. well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I did. I worked with this company that booked me once a month over the last year, and I did like the House of Blues and like kind of cool shows in Hollywood. Was, they were really really cool shows. It was thirty minute sets. It was like ten bands. You know, a full night of music, and I got—I met a lot of really cool people, a lot of really supportive people. But at the same time, there were like the older cats, and there were the bands that, you know, obviously these guys didn't practice enough. Obviously, these guys aren't good at their instruments, or at least good enough to be doing the stuff. And it's like more power to them to go up and play the stage. Absolutely, whatever. You know, I, I support all the musicians. You know, keep going at it. But it's always there's always I always ran into someone or a handful of people that were just like kept to themselves. And if you try to talk to them, they were very standoffish. They were very competitive. They were very, they don't want to give you the time of day, acted like their set was the most important set of the entire night. Right. It was this huge thing. And at first it fucking pissed me off. I was like, what the hell, man? Like, why are you being such a dick? Yeah. But then I realized like, it's a lot of insecurity. It's a lot of competitiveness. competitiveness. Um, everyone's trying to make it. Everyone's trying to make a difference and they believe what they're doing. And the few times that I saw like other bands supporting each other, I'm like, man, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of things you can see that's better than that. Yeah. Like for me personally, when I see that, it's just it's the most it's the greatest feeling ever because it feels like music all of a sudden has this army of love. Hell yeah. It's like just this redemption, this surge of just people that are saying this is music, we're a part of it, let's build a fucking empire. Yeah, dude, I agree. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it's and I think I think to answer your question, those relationships are the most important. I think. Fellow musicians. Fellow musicians and other bands and even promoters. Just like, just, just, it is a business, but, you know, you can also be friendly. You don't have to be an asshole. But also, like, interacting with, like, the people that are just discovering us at these shows, like, I guess, like, fans, you know, like, just 
spending time with them after the show and like talking to them having and, a conversation like yeah. a human like just talking yeah yeah and i feel like that keeps them coming back because when you're like on a local level and they don't know who you are and they're like excited to meet you if you're just kind of like if you brush them off and you're like i gotta go you know like they probably won't come back to your next show yeah but like if you like hang out with them and like give them just, the time of day yeah like be genuine you know like Build a relationship yeah, yeah. the hope the goal is that you'll keep building like a family like that yeah, i really 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 like that i really like that i uh I mean, we all fall victim to it. We get off stage. We're like on adrenaline rush. We need to get our stuff off the stage. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, yeah. don't talk to me. I got to finish this stuff. I got to get my stuff off the stage, this right. and that. But, you know, if you can take a time, a second to breathe and like, because there's always people that come out for you, right? And yeah. those people come and they expect you to sit down and talk to them and hang out with them, which is fine. Like, sure. But at the same time, it's the people that come up and just, like you said, compliment you like this new fan yeah <clears throat> and then all of a sudden one of your buddies like hey dude we're gonna go get drinks you're like no i'm gonna sit here and talk to this person like yeah. that's that's i think something that a lot of people that aren't on the stage a lot of people that aren't musicians don't understand like we're not inviting you like you don't invite your buddies to the show right to tell them to fuck off after you're saying like this is what i'm doing i'm glad you're supporting but if people are gonna come compliment me like i gotta i gotta cater to them you know and it's and it's so easy to like just look past that because you're right you give them the time of the day they're gonna show up at your next show you know, 10 shows go by, you make friends with two people. That's fucking, what, 20 fans? Yeah. 20 people that came back to see you. And that's, you know, realistically, that's a huge number. 20 people that came back to see you, that's a huge, huge number. That helps. That helps in future shows for sure. Yeah. yeah I love that. You guys are fucking killing it. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Good, genuine rockers. <laughs> <laughs> Choking on pills. <laughs> Great <laughs> rockers. Choking on pills. So we won't, we won't dive deep into this, uh, this topic too quick, but you guys are a couple. Um, I'm very curious because I mean in our industry it's infamous it's like the no taboo like the no go zone taboo whole thing but you guys seem to do it so well uh, how do you separate relationship and band problems like how <laughs> like I'm not even asking for the sake of like oh for like, I'm listening. genuinely me and asking Anna just looked help. at each other in, in silence for <laughs> 10 seconds uh, you tell us I'm just, I'm just kidding I, I think I think it's important to have um, days where we just don't talk about man stuff because it's really overwhelming because we do this all day every day 24-7 and having days where it's just us and focusing on the human relationship of us and not getting into business or band stuff I think that's what does it but I also think like we naturally just separate it like we would never mix the two in there together. Yeah. Like, band is very, like, very much, like, band mode. You know, it's, like, a separate thing. We I'll don't be, really, I'll, like, yeah. mix it I'll two. Be like, I'll be like, Anna, like, all right, all right, like, do you have some time? She'll be like, yeah, all right, two hours band stuff. Let's go. Like, like, talk, <laughs> talk about all this shit we've been needing to talk about this week, and we just go off. So it's got to stay organized then. Yeah. yeah. It has to be scheduled and organized. And More or less, yeah. That's. I mean, I'm impressed. I'm just fucking impressed. I've known too many. I've seen too many fall. Yeah. And it's uh, for way less than what you guys are doing, too. Like, it's it's very impressive. Thank you, man. You I guys mean, are so subtle about everything, too. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a freaking charismatic guy. You know, I'm, I'm a, everything is big. Everything's grandiose with me. It's just yeah. who I am. And you guys are so subtle in pulling off just the grand scheme that everyone's trying to figure out. Thank you, man. <laughs> I, I, think, I think, I mean, personally, it's it's exponentially easier than being in a band with five other dudes oh hell yeah that got like 
Fucking nuts, you know. Egos. Yeah. Especially yeah. metal bands. Who can play the fastest? <laughs> oh, my God. Who can play the fastest? I mean, let's be real. There's not a metal band out there that hasn't like, had that argument. All right, bro. I'm going to take a solo for this one. No, no. You solo, bro. Like, nuts. I yeah, can't. We don't fight over solos. So nope. No fighting over solos, man. No, Anna. I'm playing, a, I'm playing a guitar solo. No, I want to shred on the drums while screaming in the microphone. <laughs> I'm going to do just like an acapella segment here. Is that yeah. okay? And see, if she wanted to, I would be cool with that. Like, that's the beauty of, you know, with so, the band stuff. So I like that you're, you guys are open with your music. Very, very open is what it seems. When you guys sit, you guys write together. I mean, you sit down, you have writing sessions, you have an idea. I mean, it's never just one person, I imagine. Um, yeah. When you write, do you cater to your sound, to a sound? Or are you guys very free in the sense of you write and whatever comes out, comes out? Yeah, it's definitely that. It's that we we don't really try to like create the sound, but I feel like naturally it's just like whatever happens. happens. And he like he does have the metal background, so sometimes like like the stuff Sean writes is like heavier. But then I like have more of like a singer songwriter background, so like more like mellower. Yeah. And then we just combine the two, and it's like something in the middle, I guess. Yeah, I, I do say sometimes when I write, it'll get too metal, and and I'll have to consciously tone it down. It's like, all right, guys, because no more palm muting. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, and I I catch myself consciously tone because I want to tone it down. It's not like I'm I'm catering towards anyone. And I, I'm I always like, it keep it metal. <laughs> I don't yeah. care. I'm not gonna drum like that, so it's not gonna sound metal anyway. <laughs> right, right. Do what you want. I'm gonna do this anyway. Yeah. But we we're not a metal band, so. I think we're more geared towards hard rock with some alternative rock elements. Well, it's great because your metal background really accents what's going on. Your so. singer-songwriter background clearly accents what's going on. Like there, like I said earlier, there's the way you sing. It's very, you know, you could put an acoustic guitar behind that and, you know, you'd have great songs. You know, you could take the riffs that you're playing. I was listening to some of the tracks. I'm like, dude, you throw a double bass, you fucking speed that up like, you know, a few beats. Like that's a it's incredible, like and I think that's really really honed in an awesome sound. It's really nice. It's it's satisfying. It's very satisfying because you get a lot of the a lot of the heavier kind of uh, aggressive feelings that you want to feel without feeling like a monster. Right. But then you get like oh my god that voice. Oh my god that singing. Those lyrics. You know you get all that, and that's so important because I mean metal's great. I love metal. I mean I'm a diehard Metallica fan. They're my life. Um, but there's so many bands out there that are just like fast and heavy and it's great. I live for that shit. Right. But it's like, oh man, today I got to listen to John Mayer. But then I get like, you know, I'll listen to like an album of John Mayer. And it's like, all right, I got to switch up to heavy something. It's like very rarely do you find a band that can give you all those worlds, just kind of satisfy what you're feeling. Sure. I think Trent Reznor is the best in the world ever at that. Diehard Nine Inch Nails fan too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Trent Reznor has a, has a very strong understanding for that. But it's really cool because it seems very natural for you guys. The Thank two different man. backgrounds. Thank you. And balanced. Thank I you. Know. We try. <laughs> um, I mean, a, a couple that metal background and singer-songwriter background coming. I mean, <laughs> you guys don't have the equation to add up, but it does. And it's <laughs> incredible. Right. It's different. I'm just impressed. Different. I love it. Thank you. Man. Thank you. So the, the two spacewalkers. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I was about to say their names. <laughs> have you changed them out since the beginning? Are the same ones? Currently, we, we, we can't say. You would like to know. <laughs> oh, you can, oh, we don't even share that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Are you guys tallying the amount of spacewalkers you have? <laughs> I mean, so far, like in just... twenty years, I want to <laughs> know. 
I want to know how many spacewalkers have been come through. I'll say it's a small number, but the guys we have now are really, really good. Mm. They're great yeah. players. Fuck yeah. And and I, humans. And, and humans. humans. And they're some of the nicest They, they might be aliens. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I mean, they have the personality of aliens, that's for sure. Do they do they contribute to the writing process at all? They do not. So how, how I mean, I'm really curious with that. Do you guys just write a song and you bring it to them like, hey, write something to this or play something to this? Or do you tell them what to play? Um, most of the time, I'll tell them what to play, but then they'll be fluid in like adding accents and all that stuff and they, and they put their flavor to it and I'll just be like as much of your flavor as possible please because yeah. I don't want it to sound robotic or stagnant you know you need that if, if we're not playing to a click you need the flavor you know especially yeah. like live it's cool to like try different things it's maybe not on the recording you know just like have 100%. them improv on stage or like it's literally my next yeah. question for you like our, our lead guitar <laughs> player. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm no, don't be sorry. I'm like, I'm so curious forward. because you guys are very methodical, it seems. Right. And I, uh, I've, I've heard both sides of this, uh, this question, you know, listening to a record, like people say, I want it, I want it to sound just as good live. And like, I get that. I think they should play just as good. I think this, you know, you should, your sound and everything should be just as good, but there's something to be said for a jam, for improv, something just on the spot, you know, maybe a quick fuck up. You know, maybe yeah. I go solo a little longer. Maybe I decide to change the melody. Maybe I fuck up on the solo. <laughs> Usually the case, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what are you guys, where do you guys stand on that? Do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I love it. I mean, there's a song we have called Pyramid, and um, our our other guitar player, he'll play the vocal melody on the on the guitar on the bridge section live which I think is so rad. You know, that's not on the record, but it, he makes it sound so cool and different and unique. Do you guys ever like break off into jams? Um, not really time we, for that. We we have an intro that's not on any record. It's not recorded. That's kind of like a jam. Kind of like a jam. In, but we, we've it. been using like the same the intro same one for, for shows. A couple, for, more, couple shows. But yeah, I think like even for me, I sometimes I'll just like there's parts where I'll like do a fill. I'll just do like random fills, <laughs> like yeah, just because you know. Cause but you guys live. feel the freedom. Yeah, it's like. When you have that energy live, sometimes stuff happens on stage that you're like, maybe you didn't do that on the recording, but you're like, it worked. If it works, just go for it, you know? Yeah. Feeling it in the moment. I mean, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're getting a call. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm a very, very firm believer in being able to go on stage and be very in the moment. Yeah. Like you have to deliver. I mean, your job is entertained. You have to go up there and fucking do your job. Right. Um, but like you want to see you want to see them play something different not not even different just you want to feel that they're doing it in the moment yeah you know for sure. and i i meet a lot of people and like more like absolutely go for it like that play exactly everything never change a fill even like i i don't know if i've ever played the same you know in between riff twice you know fucking around you know playing a chord just throw a riff in there like i've like ever played the same one twice right. it's always messing around and that's very much the style i play but then you go see bands that are really really incredible players where it's like fucking everything's on yeah. and it's great it's awesome to see the musicianship and whatnot but it's like man i could have listened to the record yeah yeah and a lot of people like want to hear that they want to sound exactly but when i go to shows where people are you know just going off on the solos or messing up here and they're slightly off like it feels very real and raw i love and that. like my I favorite thing is when we go to sh like a show and it's like 
for example, Muse or, or a band that's like mm. huge and you know, like the, all the melodies, you know, everything. When they change the melodies up, like on stage, I, I feel like maybe some people don't like it, but I love that because it like adds like a different like taste to the song, I guess. Like it changes yeah. it up. It's not like the same exact thing that you expect to hear. Like, like you said, like I don't want to hear just like what's on the record. I want like, something organic. I think yeah. You're a progressive metal band. It's fine. It can be the same thing on the same <laughs> record, you know? The songs are complex. It's fine. But even yeah. then, like, I feel like people change it up vocally and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Just something different. Just a little taste of something new. And it could it could even still be the exact same stuff on the record, but you still feel it differently. Right, mm-hmm. right. Like, you can... I mean, maybe it's just because I'm obsessive about this stuff, but you can always feel when a band is in it or not. 100%. And you can always feel when one of the members is out of it. Like, I, I went, um, I saw Metallica on their Hardwired tour at the Rose Bowl. And Same here. Were you there? Yeah. I camped out the night, and I was up against oh, the railing. no way. It was the worst night of my life. Oh I my went out God, drinking in Pasadena. Dude. I uh, went to bed at 4 a.m. I don't remember anything after midnight, and I was no. throwing up in an alley at 7, but I stood in line <laughs> in a, over 100-degree weather all fucking day, hungover worse than I've ever been to be on the railing. Yeah. It was a great show. It was not worth it, but it was a great show. <laughs> I've done it one too many times. You can say you did it, though. Oh, right? God, I'm oh, yeah. so over that shit. Anyway, I Avenged Sevenfold opened for, opened up for them. Right. I don't know if you remember that. I sh- do. I remember watching them, and Sha- Shadow, uh, what's his name? I'm Shadows. I'm Shadows. Incredible frontman. One of the best frontmen I've ever fucking seen. Fantastic. He was so on I fire. Love I love like, I was hitting the railing with my erect, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, it was, he was so fucking good. Yeah. But then I look over at Sinister Gates... And he's just sitting there. Homeboy just sleeping. Sitting, just fucking, he was, and he was fucking up his solos. Yeah. He wasn't playing well. He was so miserable. He was so unhappy to be there. And that just killed it for me. Yeah. It completely killed it for me. I'm like, how do you play the fucking Rose Bowl packed stadium opening up for freaking Metallica yeah. and just stand there with your damn sunglasses on not giving a shit? Like that... <laughs> that just that killed me. That that pissed me off so much. And it's amazing how much that like you you can feel that. Yeah. You can literally feel that even if they're playing flawlessly. I'm I'm thinking what could that be? Like I don't even want to get into like maybe he you know drugs. <laughs> drugs or psychological issues. But even then, you know, like I know people with some psychological issues but they go on stage and they give a hundred percent because they feel comfortable on stage, they feel happy on stage. Maybe I get it. Avenged has been touring for fucking decades now, right? So is Metallica. Of course, yeah. But you see Metallica live, you're like, shit, it's like they just opened up their garage door and Insane. went at it for the first time. <laughs> Insane. So, so he has no excuse. Yeah, I mean, I, I, read a, I read a phenomenal article. Steven Tyler was interviewed. Um, this was years ago in a little magazine I found. But he was talking about that, and he was saying, he's like, I don't understand how people can go out and be bored with this. He's like, I walk out every night and every time I sing those same songs I've sang thousands of times, it's like I'm singing it for the first time. Crazy. I love that. And it's like vibing with that energy. It's like, how can you be on stage in front of people, like, especially when you're at that level, like with that many people, how can you not vibe with that? Dude. Like, you gotta be a robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or on a lot of drugs. <laughs> I also feel like maybe he gets bored playing the same stuff, you know? I don't. I, I'm not a big Avenge fan. I don't know what they were playing. If yeah. it was new stuff or old stuff. <laughs> but but, but I'm, I mean, Avenge definitely doesn't get out of the box with their live set. They they usually play their singles from what I've seen them. Yeah. And yeah, could be possible to get bored, but still, you know. You know what? Even if he's bored at that level, 
it's your you have a job to do yeah you have a following you have people coming to see you like you know rule number one you have to you got to entertain that's right. I've always, I say that almost every episode rule number one you got to entertain 100%. and if you're bored with it then fucking deal with that on your own time but you step on stage you make a statement you say that my stuff is worthy of all your attention you step on stage you say I believe in what I'm doing if I'm gonna stand there with a shitty attitude I mean you're you're hurting a lot well, more a lot than you're you're doing a lot more damage than you realize you know for yeah. sure. It's and like, like vibing with the crowd to yeah. like just interact with them. Yeah, and that like that's it's such an experience. Like you want to leave them with something, right? Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Even if you're as big as Avenged, you still want Especially, to leave them with something. Yeah. yeah. Well, for you guys, so when you play a live show, like what what is what's the kind of experience? Like what do you? I mean, both of you personally, what do you want the audience to walk away with? If there is something. I mean, we want them to have fun, you know. <laughs> I think that's like when you go to a show you want to like you want to have fun and enjoy it right also show something different you know again like who who sees a female drummer with, that sings and has astronauts just something different has astronauts <laughs> so <laughs> what a way to put it you have astronauts <laughs> they are ours I am Anna this them. is you know this is Sean you these are my them. astronauts <laughs> <laughs> where are their leashes <laughs> always give a shout out to them on stage and but yeah, man, just give a give a different kind of show. Give a different kind of show. So you want them to walk away with the idea that they saw something they've never seen before? I mean, yeah, it's a big statement to say it is standing <laughs> on the yeah. shoulders of giants, but if we can pull off something different, let's try it. Let's try it. Why not? So what do you guys want to walk away with? Facial expressions of amazement. I'm just <laughs> I I'm honestly, like, it's... It's like feeling good and like for me, I I just started playing live like maybe like behind a drum set singing and drumming. It's been like a little over a year only. So I could say like the beginning, I was like super like in my own head. I had trouble being present on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, And then it was like the adrenaline when you get off and you're just like, oh my God, like I can't. And our last show was like the first show where I felt like super calm and like present. Like, and even when I got off stage, I was like so chilled out. And I feel like I want to take that away. Like I want to have that after every show, like just feeling so like calm and relaxed, but like good and happy about it at the same time, you know, like not worrying about like, Oh, I fucked up a little bit on this song or like, you know what I mean? Like truly experienced what just just happened. Just like letting things happen and like, not caring so much about like little things and just yeah not overthinking it feeling good like no matter what happens on stage you know <laughs> that's so important though that is yeah. so important to feel that especially as the artist you know i always say when you go on stage and you play your music you have to be listening to the music just as much as the audience is so if you can walk off stage feeling like that that's probably what the audience feels like if you can feel like an I audience member at the end of that yeah. yeah i mean you fucking did your job like that's that, that's that's what a great way to put that i love that that was Top that. Oh shit. Sean, top that. Oh, shit. <laughs> Your turn. Um, I wanna I want to take I didn't away. No, I'll get into it. I'll do it. I, I just wanna talk to the audience after and, and see what they thought. You know, I, I wanna have a conversation. I like whether it's hey man, I really didn't like it. You guys fucking suck. That's cool, dude. That's fine. Thanks for giving me your opinion. Yeah. Or hey man, you know, like that was different, that was cool. Um, what's your next show? Like, I just like having the conversation after a show with the audience. I think that's right. Do you ever ask people like what they thought about specific parts of it? 
Um, some will just tell you. You don't have to <laughs> ask the them. Time. Do you take it to heart? Do you like consider a lot of the stuff they say, or do you just stay on your path? I'll consider it. I'll consider it. But if it's just blind hatred, like, oh, why the astronauts? Uh, you know, we haven't gotten much of that. I, but. I don't know if we've gotten that. Have you gotten that? Sounds <laughs> like you're expecting it. Um, <laughs> He's waiting for it. He's like, where I, is that fucker? I'm I, waiting I, for you. I know you. it's coming, man. So far, it's been great. The reception has been great. But, you know, you're going to have fucking haters. They're going to uh, be like, course. what's going on? But if you don't, you're doing it wrong. Right. 100%. I mean, come on. How many different opinions are out there in the world? So many people like so many different things. If you're not pissing off somebody, yeah. you got to get your shit together. Yeah. Maybe you got to <laughs> piss them off. But, yeah, I agree. For sure. I think just having a conversation and connecting with the audience is what I want to take away. So what about the music? Like a post from a live show. Like, say I sit down and listen to a record. What do you want someone listening to your record to walk away with? Um, for me, I don't know if you have the same opinion if you or not. Have, go for it. Okay. Um, I <laughs> think go for it, I think for a song yeah. is number one is the vocal melody. I think that's just I'm a firm believer in good vocals Fuck yeah. and a good and a good melody. I think that's important. That's what makes a song not necessarily not necessarily catchy, but that's what makes a song good because it's memorable, and it can be memorable without being annoyingly catchy. It just needs to be. It needs to have the meat. You know, and I think the meat of a song is good vocals. Yeah, the music resonates with your body. It's that physical vibration. The lyrics is what allows our conscious mind as human beings to connect with the song. You know, For sure. It's that bridge. I agree with you. I think that's a huge, huge factor of it. Definitely. And in, in regards to music, I think it's just um, bringing back the riff. <laughs> if, if it's not bad for me to say, man. Bring him back the riff. Bring him back the riff. Not a lot of bands do it anymore. You gotta write that on a fucking like like board. Put it on a picket. You know, <clears throat> let's go protest. Riff. Bring back the riff just in front of all the studios. It's like this was a good riff. Like look at Zeppelin. Jimmy Page is genius. His genius is not only from doing a thousand guitars on every track, but fucking bringing the riff Riffs, in man. eighteen different directions back to the same spot. Yep. <laughs> riffs baby oh that was beautiful you know bring back to metal riff. bring back a, a good riff man Just have a good goddamn riff, oh man, man that's, that's incredible that was beautiful <laughs> that's poetry to my ears bring back the riff yes sorry go ahead <laughs> no dude I, I share your sentiment man and I think for me it would be connecting with them through the lyrics I feel like both of us want what we get out of songs like I feel like when Sean listens to music, he's very much listening to the music, you know? Yeah. Which I do too, but I feel like I pay a little bit more attention to lyrics when I'm listening. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like, it could just be, like, really basic guitars or music. But if the lyrics are good, I'm, like, I'm all in, you know? Like, I feel it, and I'm connecting. So I, I want, like, that out of it. I want, like, people to hear the lyrics and feel connected. And he's very much about like the music and like people hearing the music and feeling connected. So and and, and music vocal melody falls under music. She's she means, uh, but but definitely the lyrics yeah, I'm sure. not really attentive on. I'm guilty of not being attentive on lyrics. Okay, just, you know something. It depends on the band. You know some bands like in recent times I would say like nothing more highly suspect. Those bands have caught my attention in regards to lyrics. But okay, it just 
you know, it's never a standout thing for me. It's always shocking when he's like, did you hear this? the lyrics on this song? I'm like, oh, you were listening to the lyrics? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? You didn't listen to the riff? It came back. <laughs> the riff was every minute, man. You didn't hear that riff? Do you listen to Everlast? The I, artist? Do you know what I'm talking about? super familiar. That's old, like old, the 90s, dude? Yeah, it's yeah, Everlast. I, I like yeah. What it's like, stuff like that. That so. guy is the fucking poster child for, not necessarily simple, but simple tracks. You know, good tracks, simple, but lyrics that fucking grab you. I mean, that I, I'm a huge fan of Everlast. His stuff is uh, it's very educational for a songwriter, and especially what you're talking about, you listen to the lyrics. I mean, I think you'd appreciate the way he goes about things. His lyrics are so thought out. They're so deep. They're so passionate. It could be the simplest subject, and he's got you. Like, simple guitar, acoustic, oh, yeah. maybe a beat in the background, but fuck, that guy, he was on to something. He, he's a, he's cool. one of those poster child, not poster child, but he's definitely, it's an educational experience, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, you said that, and I was like, immediately, oh, I was like, Everlast. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, for sure. You'll love it. I feel like a band that does the two really well is Tool. Like, oh my god. Or like, well, Maynard in general. <laughs> oh! See, see, that's lyrics that grab me, and and and, and I'm also not the by music. Lyrics. You know, you guys like, got to go listen to the episode I did with that guy Chris Gratton. He's a production tour manager for everyone. He did. He worked with Tool all through the '90s as well. I did check it out. Yeah, oh, sick episode. He talked about Maynard. He was saying how Maynard is like one of the most genius people he's ever met. This and that. And I'm like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you said Tool, and I was like, I gotta bring up yeah. Maynard is a genius. <laughs> yeah, well, he, I think we're yeah. both. That's one of our favorite bands. Um, anything I, Maynard. I mean, like, I just does Perfect just, Circle, Tool, yeah. Pussifer, dude. Oh yeah. my god. Oh my god. <sighs> we, we love them all. Yeah. We love them all for sure. Well, I mean, both best of both worlds. Lyrics, I mean, out of this freaking world, and his vocal melody. That guy does vocal yeah, melodies great. like I don't like, I don't think the average person could comprehend how to even begin <laughs> to start that. Holy shit! And and over the complexity of Tool. Oh my god! He's fucking nuts! Who does that? Yeah. Maynard does that. That's Maynard does that. Shit. Maynard does that. <laughs> Do you hear about their prank? No. So Tool does a prank every April Fool's Day. Okay. Um, and this year, so they're releasing a new album yeah. as they've claimed. Mm-hmm. Um, this year they released a quote unquote YouTube video. Uh, their first single was it the crickets 37 minutes of cricket noises <laughs> I died cause you know you know people are were, just listening yeah. to it the whole He's way amazing. through the best one oh. though is when Maynard said he accepted Jesus Oh wow! That's he's like the most like he's like the antichrist. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, you would never expect guys like that to be the jokesters, right? They're just right. so out of this world. I love them. But yes, they are <laughs> masters so good, of all. I mean, every everything you could say like this is what a song requires. This is what music needs. Tools doing it. They've they been are. doing it. Like yeah. don't even argue. <laughs> decades and decades of, man, of doing that, man. And they claim this and this new album is going to be like the best ever, dude. It'll be out this year. I'm I'm hopeful. Oh, it has to be. There's That's no it. way. There's no way. We've been saying that for like five yeah, years. Yeah, There's no sure. way. <laughs> no, no. It, this year's the year. This is yeah. Th- this is definitely the year. We all. <laughs> They've confirmed it. We've been on this. We've. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Oh, what can you imagine jamming with Danny Carey? Holy shit! We've seen like the baked potato a few times. Oh yeah, yeah. He's rad, dude. Best place in the world, dude. Baked potato. You played some shows there, right? I played four times there. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I, it's not a night you go to the baked potato and you don't walk out like I need to reevaluate my life <laughs> and make it about everything I just saw. Yeah, it's great. It's such a gem. I mean, it's yeah. so tiny and like I, I I always bring it up to people and they're like, "What's the baked potato?" I'm like, "Let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. Your life is about to change." <laughs> yeah. 
It's like five minutes away from my house, so <sighs> I used to go there like all the time. Oh my god, it's too rough. I'd gain like a hundred pounds. <laughs> Dude, yeah. they have a hot wings baked potato. It's like on the hidden menu. Uh oh, I've seen it. Order that shit. I refuse. It's I refuse. So good. Wait, why refuse? Wait, are you? I will be so sick because I'll oh, get really? more and more, and I just. <laughs> I've done that baked potato one too many times. Yeah. All right, I've done terrible, made terrible choices in there. But actually, crazy story. The last time I played there, I think it was a, I think it was like a Thursday night. Two nights later, the old drummer of Megadeth was playing with his band and had a heart attack right on that oh stage. Oh my god. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That tiny little jazz club has got to be one of those metal places I've ever oh, been to. Shit. That's nice. It's, I mean, oh. anyway. Is he alive? No, he's dead. Oh, he died yeah, right he there. He died right there. Fucking dropped dead. Explosive heart attack. There was oh like 200 people in there. God, I feel like I dude. heard about that. Now yeah. That saying it. it sounds familiar. Well, two days ago, there was a stand-up comedian from the UK that, that you had a sold-out show. Oh, I heard about this, yeah. Heart attack, died on stage. Jesus. That's insane. I mean, if you're going to go out, go and do it with your love. Middle of it, right? Fucking. Yeah. Damn. Do they keep going with the show? Life is short, man. <laughs> is, this <laughs> is this how it ends? All right, guys. We're out. In honor of him, we're going to continue to play the show. <laughs> I'm like waiting for an earthquake right now. We just... Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this, this is a live board, right? I got my laptop. We can take this on the go. If the earthquake happens, we can run around and continue this. I'm going to move my chair an inch back. <laughs> Get ready to do a little stretch here. Get ready to run. <laughs> Anyway, enough nerding out. <laughs> so, what's your goal? You want to sign a, with a label? You want to do it independently? You want to go on tour? You want to record albums? You want to write for other people? What is Satellite City trying to do here? Labels are overrated, man. Fuck yeah. They, are, <laughs> they really are. Um, th- there's bands like that have strictly management and booking agents that get to a really good point without a record label mm-hmm. and if you can do that for a really long time you should milk that as much as possible because the label's gonna take some of your masters some I mean all never mind <laughs> but I don't know I don't know It things are changing there's definitely bands that me and Anna know that have been doing what I just said that we want to kind of possibly follow their route for as long as we can but also, label gives you marketing, and and truly puts you out there, and distribution as well. Distribution as well, and, and that's crucial. I think like the main thing that we want to do is just grow our fan base. You know, like let's and having someone helping in that aspect would help. You know, like just putting ourselves out there like in front of audiences that will enjoy the music or like you know like maybe touring with a band that has a similar fan base that will help us grow our audience i think that's like the the biggest goal we have coming up you know it's overwhelming man it it really is like i said it's a nine to five without getting paid and we'd love to have someone to help out sure even if it's just one person or, or a team of you know yeah yeah be able to like hire your own team right Right. I mean, we we do have some awesome people we already work with. It just in regards to, I would say, management. Do you pay these people? Um, I'm. It depends on like the 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 project activity or the project we're working on currently. Um, but but it's not people that are like it's not like a label where 
they're taking money constantly out yeah. of the band. You know what I mean? When you need them, you pay them for a job of kind course. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But our royalties are ours, and yeah. our masters are ours. Thankfully, that's important. And um, yeah, like the hip hop world does it right because like they kind of like they run everything themselves kind of and it's like usually one person and then they build like a team kind of like a family that helps them yeah but some of them are just like independent and just take off just from like one rapper collabing with another rapper and just getting their name out there like that okay that's so important I think that bands do not do collaboration. I think yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Let's we get started it. Let's get into it. Fuck yeah. yes, collaboration. Hundred percent. Give it to me. It just it like, what rock band does that? Like that's that's a local band that's trying to break it, and they just first of all they need to understand the importance of it. I heard about it was, well, I feel like it was one of your friends' bands that he was talking about doing mm-hmm. a double record with another band. I thought that was really cool. Who's this man? I think it was Raul. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Shout out to my homie Raul. Raul. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he was talking about doing like a, like a vinyl split or something where you'll have like a couple of your songs on one side and then a couple of another band's songs on the other side. Fuck yeah. And I was like, that's really that's cool. That's so like, smart. It's just original mixtape. Yeah. Think about how smart that is. Man. It just needs to be a band that works with your band, and we're like, we don't know who sounds like us, so we don't know. Well, who I mean, for that even that, that, just someone that you like, yeah, a band yeah. that you think is just as good. Yeah. Hundred percent, and you know, having someone sing sing on one of your tracks, or you playing guitar on their tracks, you know. You know who is doing an incredible job about that right now? Corey Taylor from Slipknot. That motherfucker is redefining what it means to be an artist in the industry. Oh yeah. That guy is collab with is collaborating with everybody. Right. Different projects, different everything. I mean, he just did a freaking rap song, didn't he? Did he? he did, I think he worked. I don't know. What, I mean, he's just he's doing everything. Wow. He's got. In, he's just. It's so important. I mean, he's at a higher level, so it's easier to do that. Yeah, you of know. Course. I mean, not easier, but you know, you have access to a lot more people. But even just finding it doesn't have to be anybody that you've heard of. Right. Like finding another band, like like your buddy's doing, putting another band on the record, like something yeah. that simple. First off, it's different. And people are gonna like that. Yeah, people are gonna be confused by it. Even the people that hate it are still gonna buy that and listen to it. But it's so, so, so incredibly important. The only way it's, I mean, it's like speaking a language. If you wanna, you can't just talk to yourself all day. Right. You gotta sure. talk to other people, right? You gotta play your music with other people. You gotta hear what they have to say. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, to make something bigger than yourself, you gotta have someone else. You know. I love that. Uh, I think well that's said. that's why we did the. Billy Ray Cyrus cover, right? Oh, like, that was, I don't know if you heard. Know about this. What is this? We covered a Billy Ray Cyrus song. What? what? <laughs> Super random, I know. It, it was just like... <laughs> Keep going. I'm, I, you got me. I, you got me. I'm intrigued. Please continue. So, this is an Anna story. Actually, I don't know if you heard him, his recent cover, or not cover, collab that he did. I haven't heard it. But okay. I, I know of it. It's, yeah. it's pretty. It's I, I love it. It's out there. I, I freaking love it. I think it's awesome. Sean doesn't like it. It's fine. No. It's a fine cover. It's, <laughs> it's great. Um, he he did like he collaborated with the rapper whose song is like pretty, like it's like chart number one on some of the like the charts right now, country right. and hip hop or something. Yeah, which is That's pretty cool. Fucking beautiful. It's like cool yeah. mixing it's those awesome. genres, you know, my, like seeing what happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna kill me. 
So everybody, shot was not approved of the song. Is that clear? Have we made that clear? I don't know if we did. I, I mean, I, I want to make that clear. The song was red. I'm just not a fan of those genres. But anyway, Anna, continue. Please continue. So, <laughs> so I, I met, I had like randomly met Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, <laughs> the story's going to get a, crazy. It's a long yeah, it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yourself in, man. We met each other at my brother's IV therapy place, which is like hilarious because he was had an IV in his hand, and and I was like, oh shit, it's Billy Ray Cyrus. So we ended up talking, and we had like a show coming up, and I told, kind of told him about our band, and he was like super nice, like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like just someone of on that level, you're like, would you even give a shit that I'm yeah. playing a show? And like he's like, oh, like show me your band, like I want to hear you guys, and. He like took time to actually like watch our video wow. and like give me feedback on it, what a homie. which is like really cool. And he ended up showing me one of his songs like from an older project that he was a part of called Brother Clyde. And he was like, "It'd be rad if you sang this. Like, I feel like it would match your voice." And I was like, "Okay, like we'll fucking do it." Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I'm gonna stop you just for one second. So you covered this man's song because he asked you to cover his song. Kind I feel like of. you need to lead with that. <laughs> lead with that next time. You don't just say, yeah, I covered a Billy Ray Cyrus song. No, fucking Billy Ray Cyrus had an IV in his fucking arm, and he said, hey, you should cover my song because you do it better. He didn't that say is... I would do it better. Yeah, but, but for my sake, we're going to call it that right now. I'm too amped up on that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I, I remember pitching it to Sean, and he's like, but it's a country song. And I'm like, we can make it like rock, so... We, and we did. We just kind of, you know, <laughs> put Satellite City's Edge on it, and we covered it, and it was really cool. Honestly, it was fun. I had a great time doing We were this. able to, like, get it to him, because I didn't get his info or anything. I didn't want to be, like, a creep, like, give me your phone number, you know? So we ended up finding a way to get it to him, and he ended up sharing it on his socials, and, like, he Damn. loved it. So it was really cool, like, just... Those numbers you... bumped up, huh? It's all the worse. <laughs> Honestly, he he was he's a really nice human. It's just so from, like from awesome to like have his support. And, like, like, just... like Anna said, what what celebrity do you think is that nice right now? Who who does that? Who's like takes the time to listen to your song and then tells you, hey man, maybe you should cover one of my songs. I think the first part there's a lot. The second part maybe not. Right. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. It was like maybe you should cover. Random. I wish I was there. <laughs> was like, I wasn't even there. What she a had, wild she had experience. This experience. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. So he had an IV in his arm, though. Yeah. Was he drinking the night before? <laughs> I don't Did know. you ask him why he was there? Him. Come on, probably. <laughs> that is that's like that's the, that's wild. That is ridiculous. Like, why'd you guys choose to you know years later you know why'd you an interview why'd you guys choose to cover this song? Well, you know, <laughs> you tell that story. He it's asked me to story. cover his song. If, he, if someone's story. like on that level, as, like says like I you feel like it would song. match your voice and like. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. Why not? You know, that, that's mind blowing. I don't think a lot of people. Not, and it was no just like, Sean, well, he asked us, so we should do it. Am <laughs> <laughs> I like, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that just, I'm sorry, that's just that's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was super random. So, what's super the name of the song that you covered? Lately. 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 I need to listen to that tonight. Sure. I'm, I'm gonna listen to the original and listen to yours. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. There's, there's no rapping on our version. Oh yeah, there's a rap, rap part on the original, which is interesting. Does he rap? No, it's it's like featuring some rap. Oh, I was like, yeah. mm. <laughs> uh, this is the plot fucking thickens. I mean, you know, I thought about rapping, but 
that's funny. Held back. So five years from now, what do you what do you want to be doing? Ooh, it's an interview. The job interview question. Yeah, I figured I'd ask you the band <laughs> members. Well, well, Satellite City, where do you see it? I mean, do you guys see continuing with this band? Are you starting a different band? You know what? <clears throat> I, I definitely see continuing with this band for sure. We put <laughs> way too much, yeah. way too much time, energy, money. Um, so hopefully, you know, we've grown our audience in five years to the point where we can have a sustainable career financially and yeah, the know. goal is like to be making a living off of it as naive as it sounds i feel like in today's music no, industry but it's financial stability man it doesn't have to be crazy bucks just you know that's to live so that's a huge thing it's a huge thing that i think a lot of musicians and artists don't understand it's like you don't have to be playing stadiums to make a living like yeah it's the goal for everyone everyone wants to do that but it's very not easy but it's very attainable to make a living as a musician, as an artist. You, you give just, me hope, man. The, the positive way you speak about it. I, I said this on my podcast, I think last week or the week before that, I was, um, I, I talked to one of the top social media guys in the industry a long time ago. I mm-hmm. met him through a friend, blah, blah, blah. Got on the phone with him for like an hour. And he was talking to me. He's like, making a living. He's like, if you can build enough fan base, you know, enough followers do like Facebook live shows, this and that. Fans are all in the world. All you need is a thousand fans, a thousand loyal fans in the world. How many people are in the world? You can you have Facebook and you know live feed and all that stuff. Thousand loyal fans. You create one product and they all buy it. They follow you. Like he was breaking down all these numbers and he basically said how ridiculously simple it is. Yeah. Not simple, but how attainable it is to make right. a fair living doing yeah. your music if you're just willing to go and do all that stuff. You know, be on social media, create products. Uh, you know, make music constantly. When you guys are already doing all the work, I think it's just a matter of like time. Yeah, time and the placement. Yeah, placement is such a big thing. So such such a big thing. Like, uh, what's that? Uh, searching for shirt. What's the name? Oh my god, it's one of my favorite documentaries. I'm blanking on it. Mm-hmm. Sugar Man is it? What it is? Mm-hmm. Searching for Sugar Man. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? I mean, his story is a is like it's not it's a non social media version of what happens today. Like the guy recorded an album, uh, was discovered in like the back, like train the industry just a shitty part of Detroit Mm -hmm. and the tiny little club discovered records an album gets dropped by the record deal some tourist comes from South Africa into the States buys the album takes it back to South Africa shows his friends 40 years go by this sugar man just disappeared he's been like broke off his ass working every day and they find him when he's like in his 60s and bring him to South Africa only to find out that he's bigger than the Beatles yeah, well, you just watched the documentary. I it's didn't incredible. know any of this. Yeah, he's he was he was bigger like like the Bob Dylan. He inspired the entire revolution what? of South Africa. Like, and I'll watch the documentary. It's incredible. And he had no idea. I would love he was to living in this like <laughs> he. They're interviewing him in his house, and there's a broken window, and he's got a trash can with a fire going on in oh it. Oh my god! Like that's what state he was in. And he goes back to South Africa, and he's the biggest artist ever. He's bigger than Elvis, bigger than the Beatles. His brain must have imploded. <laughs> he's very he, well. He was like a real dude. It didn't like. I mean, he was excited, but he was just like, well, like cool. You know? <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like that stuff happens. Yeah. With Facebook Live, like yeah. you're maybe in L.A., no one gives a shit, but you go live, and he was telling me it's like someone and like ten people in another country could become your biggest fans, and they could tune in every week to see your live show on Facebook. And you release a T-shirt, you release an album, you release anything, they buy it. Yeah. You know, you need a thousand of those people. That's not a lot. 
it's not a lot at all. So, sorry, I went on a little rant there, but I think it's so important for musicians that, that work as hard as you guys, especially you guys. You work so hard. You're on it 24-7. I mean, and not just on it because you need to be, because you guys care about what you're doing. You care about your image, your music, everything that you're doing. The time is there. It's just the placement. There's people out there listening. Don't ever think for a second that no one's listening because there's always someone Fingers listening. Crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> now, the stadium thing, I haven't figured that one out yet. But <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. No, man. Anyway. Yeah, dude, just, you know, as, as you know, like Anna said, it is naive to think that, but also if you put in the hard work and time, I think it'll happen. I think it'll inevitable. happen. It's inevitable, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For sure. Being practical along the way, too. Mm-hmm. And realistic and yeah. having realistic dreams and goals and not jumping the gun on yeah for sure on whatever it is we're doing yeah and collaborating yes because mm-hmm. collaborating opens up doors that aren't just you know musically like like you're talking about those relationships with other people I mean that you could talk about how important that is like that comes from collaborating too mm-hmm. yeah I mean I, I need to work on that for sure that's we need to work on that too yeah. <laughs> that music people stick together <laughs> stop being dicks love each other <laughs> you ever seen semi-pro with Will Ferrell it's basketball. He has a he runs a uh, semi-pro basketball team, and yeah. his motto for the team is "Everybody love everybody." E L E. I yell it all the time. E L E. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> Live by that. That should be my motto for life. Yeah. Yeah. Go it. on stage. We're Satellite City. These are the astronauts. Everybody love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Intro. <laughs> so before we go, uh, you guys have any advice for starting bands that want to play shows that want to do it? Hmm. Starting bands? Anna, what do you think? Like, I guess, like, how, how they would go about playing a show? Is that... I <coughs> Sorry, choking on whiskey. I, uh, let's say I got three guys together, we started a band, and we wrote six songs. What should we do? I would say, I would definitely say, like, if you don't know how to interact with a venue and you're nervous about that, then I would say try to meet the bands that are playing at those venues and Ooh. and become friends with those bands and see if they'd be willing to let you open for them, like smaller bands, like local bands. And Genius. maybe like ask them to like let you open and start off like that and then build relationships with the venues through the bands that are like letting you open for them and stuff like that. I feel like that might be the 100%. That's great. Best way. I don't know. Also learn how to write down. a cold email and and really like there there's a way to write it. I you say like a cold the, email? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean like a cold email? Cold-hearted, you know? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Cuz that's what I was thinking no, like damn, that dude, cold after email. all that fucking connection talk, <laughs> it, it, it was when Again, you don't We're know. Like the opposite of each other. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if if you don't know the person, if you don't know the venue, owner, promoter, whatever, talent buyer, and, you know, you feel like you have a genuine chance of playing there or, you know, you have an audience, you already have an established audience, I feel like there is a way to write so you grab the attention of the talent buyer. But I feel like that's if you have an audience. Right, that's if you have yeah. an audience. I, if, if you, you just, just start out, yeah. assuming you don't, no. Well, but, hold but on this a second. Walk me through this email. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what you say in these emails. This is, this, is, this is the stuff right here. Dude, she's taught me most of this. I'm not even kidding. 
All right, you tell me then. Um, I'm going to just... What is a cold email? I think he's saying being able to, like, write a professional email where you're not coming off as, like, hi, my band wants to play at your venue. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just just presenting in a way where people will read your email and take you seriously. Hmm. Not just, like, kind of... Give me a chance. Yeah, not like, your shit like I would love to play here. It's been my dream. Like I feel like no one wants That's to hear that. You know. So, so if you have your email, like if you have your this lineup cool. already set, like, <laughs> hey, you know, we we want to play this night specifically. This night, it's the night is open on your calendar, um, and we Sorry. already have the lineup, so you don't have to do the work. We already have the bands. Mm-hmm. We have our set ticket price, this and that. If you have the work done and you present it, I think they're more inclined to give you an opportunity. That's gold. Because I will tell you right now that when I first started out playing gigs, all my emails sounded like what you were making. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I'd be a great fit for your, your place. I, I can bring a crowd. I'd really love the opportunity to play. All that bullshit. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, I never felt good after those emails. <laughs> we, we did the same thing. You know, and we had to learn. That's genius. I'm gonna listen back to this and I'm just gonna make take notes. I'm gonna like like type type in all the email addresses of the venues and just like play this like all right, what did they say? Click 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 click. That's great. That is great advice. Oh my god. I think that helps for sure. Especially for bands who are starting out and they're on the cusp of, you know, playing more live shows. What about social media presence? Don't waste your money on Facebook ads. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Depends. I think it depends on what you're. Uh, I agree with you. It's ninety nine percent of the time you will waste your money. Yeah. That one percent of the time you will yes. benefit, but you have to know that one percent. You really have to know what you want to advertise I, and know your audience on top of that. I did internet marketing through social media for a year and a half. That's how I made my living. Oh yeah. Very successfully, and literally ninety nine percent of the time, people are wasting money. Facebook is Facebook is making money because of us assholes thinking that we're promoting something. That 1% though can make a huge, the biggest difference. It is the most valuable tool out there is Facebook advertising. Yeah. The most valuable tool. But for fuck's sake, before you spend a dollar, go on YouTube and watch every goddamn video there is about Facebook marketing. Yeah. But yeah, that's... I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> glad you brought that up. It's a very, very... That's smart on your end, you know, that 1%. I want to know what that 1% is. Like, I really want to understand that to a full extent. Well, I mean, it's 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 as simple as literally going on YouTube and, like, go go on Facebook ads and say, I want to sell something. I want to get people, you know, to look at my stuff. Try to build it without, you know, pressing, you know, publish. Try to build an entire ad. Walk through all the steps. And every step, go on YouTube and look up a video about it. Like, what does engagement mean? What does link clicks mean? What does it relevance mean? What does it mean to invest this much when I'm doing a lead campaign? What about a conversion campaign? Like, all this other stuff. Like, every one of those words means something. And Facebook is built on relevance, on how relevant your ad is to the targeting that you choose, to the amount of money that you're spending, to the type of campaign. And people think that they can literally just... Oh yeah, I want people to click on my link, so I'm gonna spend thirty dollars a day and put my link to my stuff. People are gonna see it. People are gonna see it, but Facebook's gonna limit it because its relevance is gonna mean shit. They're gonna charge probably like five dollars per link click, and people are gonna you're gonna ads gonna run for like an hour a day, and you'll never know. And that's that one percent. It's not yeah. difficult. You just have yeah. to put that work in. Yeah. 
Oh, dude, you know your shit, man. I did yeah. it for a while. Walked yeah. away from it, but yeah, and that's that's the huge difference. Like it's it's the most valuable tool, but like anything else, you gotta learn how to use it. Hundred percent. Because they'll get you. Yeah. Bit, yeah. It's like you. record labels. If you don't know what they're doing, they're gonna eat you alive. But if you yeah. know what they're doing and know how to play it, you got a bank with the biggest loan you've ever gotten. Yeah. And you know how to communicate with them if you know your shit. Cold emails. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna say cold pizza. Cold pizza. That's cold good too. <laughs> Acceptable. Well, any last words before we go? Thanks for having us, man. This is really fun. I'm glad you guys came on. A good time. Thank you so much. You guys are subtle badasses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't stop doing what you're doing. It's people like you that are bringing this uh, community together. Got to build this creative community, and it's a pleasure to have you guys on. Ditto, man. Thanks for having us. Satellite City, rock and roll. (laughs) Rock and roll, bitch. Peace out. (laughs)